going on, everybody? Welcome to episode six. Is that right? Yeah. I've Wait. lost count. <laughs> We've made it to the second hand. Yes. Progress of uh, <laughs> Bruiser's Breakdowns and Beards. Uh, I am your host, Michael Reed. It is Sunday, October 25th, 2020. I'm Kevin, and it is Sunday, October 25th, 2020. We're at the end of October already? Yes. Golly gee willikers. <laughs> uh, I'm the hair metal heartthrob, Dallas Cade, and it is the end of October already, and I can't fathom it. Man. It's weird that also a 20-year-old just said, golly gee willikers. I think I'm thrown back a little bit. Like <laughs> it's that. coming back, man. It, yeah, it's right. Yep. I know. I was trying to be, I was trying to uh, um, be exclamatory. You're, you're trying to be family friendly, man. This foul. is not the place to do it. Yeah. I know it's not. You told me, you told me on my stream the other day, Hey man, swear you all you want. It's on brand. <laughs> yeah. Gotta stay on brand. Uh, uh, you know, we, we can start there. Uh, Dallas here has decided to uh, take a kind of re rebrand, rebuild, reclaim. Are you kind of like going the Seth Rollins route with your, your foot stream here? I wouldn't say re because that implies having once had. And while I did try to get, the Twitch stream up um, over the summer, and then I kind of fell off. I am still in the process of trying to build the Twitch. So, yeah, mm-hmm. the Twitch. I'm the developing Twitch. a Twitch, guys. You kind of see me just, you know. What do you, uh, no, are you streaming no, from your consoles, right? Service. You're streaming from your consoles, right? Yeah, I'm still, yeah, I'm still streaming from my console. Okay. So I'm still very, like, uh, I guess what now we would call grassroots uh low budget like mm-hmm. i have nothing Underground. Uh, if you're Rodriguez. watching the pod you are probably seeing a better looking uh frame for me because i just upgraded the cam before we did this yeah so hopefully that looks better but yeah i'm still like very very low budget i'm still kind of figuring everything out as i'm going but yeah I am trying to make it a consistent thing and a thing that I do regularly because I want that to kind of be something like, especially like it's, I know it's, it sounds like, Oh fuck, everybody else is doing it. And then WWE made a big deal about it. So of course he's going to try to jump on it, but man, I I've been wanting to do this since for like years, probably mm-hmm. since before, um, like before I had even started wrestling before the, this kind of capability was out there. Like I was super big into watching uh, YouTubers that were playing video games as a kid to like learn how to get good at them. Mm-hmm. Back when I was like before, like you know, ten, eleven years old, that's what we did. Yeah. So, like that was the kind of stuff I was thinking. Like down the line, I would tell my parents, like, "This is what's going to be the next big thing," and they were like, "Oh yeah, he's a kid." Lo and behold, <laughs> uh, maybe Dallas knew. Baby Dallas knew what he was talking about. <laughs> but yeah, I'm on Twitch. Uh, uh, the channel just twitch.tv slash Dallas Cade, and if you want, you can check it out. Uh, still, still working out kinks, still trying to develop an identity on there and kind of build that community. But yeah, it's been fun so far. Yeah, I've got a couple streams since then, uh, and it's been entertaining. You're very, you're very informative when it comes to zombies. So it's, I like I said, I was learning all the lore because I haven't ta- I haven't played a <laughs> zombies game since two because I lost all my like online friends, so I didn't want to play with a bunch of randos. And I sucked at solo, so like my max wave would be like fifteen or sixteen in both Black Ops Three and 
I don't even know if I played Black Ops 4's zombies mode. The only thing I got it for was the multiplayer. I think I got sucked into that. And even then, I barely played it. Didn't care for it. Modern Warfare won me back. This is the one that's out now is my favorite. But Treyarch, like we said before this recording, we were talking about Treyarch. And Treyarch is got a pretty damn solid track record for especially Call of Duty games. So I'm looking forward to the new one. I've already got it pre-ordered. So. Yep. Yeah. So, so that's it's, what you mostly stream. Yeah, right? you're gonna have to tell me how it goes because I'm well. Right now, yeah. Right now, I'm kind of like, well, I don't know what else to do. So, right. <laughs> like, like I'm not. I know Warzone's still super hot. I'm not great at Warzone, so like, you just be watching me die uh, the first time I run into anybody. Which, hey, welcome to my know, stream. Isn't super great. Uh, <laughs> I've actually like I've been developing really strong solo, like not skills, but my solo play on zombies has been getting a lot better since I started. Nice. Um, I've set like, like I think five PRs now in terms of highest round I've gotten on certain maps. Uh, I did like, yeah, I've been playing three because three is like the most recent good zombies one. And I just felt like doing zombies because for, for me, you know, zombies was like what got me into what was then the current generation of like consoles and games mm-hmm. was uh, a buddy of mine. He and I were like best friends. I was over at his house one night and he started playing uh, the first black ops. And I was like 11, 12 years old mm-hmm. when that game came out. So I was like, Whoa. And like, I thought it was so cool and it was like the cool yeah it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen at that time from a video game because the only video games I'd been into before then were the PlayStation 2 games that I played with my dad and Nintendo I had a Nintendo DS and then we had a Wii that we played all the time and that was kind of it so when I transitioned to like Xbox um, Call of Duty was my kind of you know, my in, my first integration into like the 360 and Xbox Live and online multiplayer and all that stuff. So zombies has always been kind of like, you know, me and my friends played it as kids, and then we kind of grew up with the series. So it kind of always has a place in my you know gaming nostalgia heart. So I like right now while I'm still trying to figure out what it is I'm gonna do and all that kind of stuff, I've just been doing that. Um, but I'm also going to do some other stuff too. Like Monday, I think I'm going to do something like something along the lines of like maybe Minecraft Monday or something like that. So Monday, I'm probably going to do something different, but yeah, we'll see. Nice. Mike, you were saying something earlier. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, no, you're all good. I, I was just going to say, I'm not, I'm not much into like military shooters. Um, cause I just don't feel like the, like gun variety is very different. It's mm-hmm. they're, they're all like pew pew shooters. Pew pew but I'll put, I'll play the shit out of like what? sci-fi shooters or things like like I love I love Borderlands. I play the shit out of Borderlands because it's like every gun's different and everything's unique. And but I'll and I'll play Halo because those are you know different. There's like alien weapons and shit on there too. So, but I just don't I like. I never got into Halo. Damn, it's almost before your time at this point, practically. Yeah, and it's which is and fucked no, up, dude. I mean, I know that. <laughs> I know that the first one or two, I was like too young to really remember yeah. or like be 
have been in the moment with them. But like my friends still played like I think Halo Reach was like a really big one for like my friends. But I just for whatever reason, I just never got into it. And I don't know if it was because there was this COD versus Halo narrative when I was growing up. Mm. I mean, I wasn't like a huge part of that, but I don't know what it was. I just stuck to Call of Duty as far as my shooters. And the absolute best gaming experience I've ever had in my life was um, when Halo 2 was out, I worked at uh, Best Buy uh, in East Texas. And back then, Best Buy would close at like 5 o'clock on a Sunday. And one of our our managers um, was like a huge Halo fan too. So what we would do is after the store would close on Sundays, like a bunch of us would come up and we would hook all our Xboxes up uh, to like Ethernet, like LAN hubs, and just multiplayer that way, hooking up to the big screens that they they would have out on display. And we'd, we'd all have we'd grab like office chairs out of the office chair area or we'd have gaming chairs we'd bring with us and shit. Just live it up. Um, That's sick. And then you just just get to use the in-store TVs. Just using the in-store TVs playing Halo to like midnight. that's awesome. It was, oh man, it was so great. And because everybody's right there, so you just, you just scream at your friends every time something would happen. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And it Mm -hmm. was, oh God, it was the best. Yeah. We used to do that too. We used to do that with like, I think Black Ops 1 was, like, the first one where quickscopes was, like, a major thing that people did in, like, local or custom lobbies. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also, like, when Overwatch came out, I was, like, I didn't know. I was, like, kind of, like, all right, what's this? And I waited a while, and my friends were all, like, no, dude, this is it. Mm-hmm. And so I got it, and I fell in love with it. And we would do that with Overwatch, where we would get – we would go to my buddy's house. He had this big basement. We would all bring like our own monitors or t- our little TVs or whatever. And we would all just hook up and play. We had a full team. Like we would do that kind of stuff with call of duty with overwatch. I played destiny a lot. Um, when, when destiny was around two, I played in kind of like year one kind of fell off at year two. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like first person shooters, I think were like the first, transition for me into like current or modern gaming i guess mm-hmm. with like current consoles and stuff like that but since then i've kind of like you know branched out and done a whole lot obviously as a kid it was like lots of pokemon um i can't like i'm trying to think mario party on the ds if we were ever on a road trip that like the parents loved it because they could just give us the DS and we could all like, nobody else had to have a copy of the game. They could all just connect to one DS and we could play Mm -hmm. a full game. Mm -hmm. We would play six hour games of Mario party. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Man. Like just tons of like stuff like that is like the, the gaming childhood that I think of when I'm thinking like, what did I play as like a little kid? It's a lot of that stuff. Makes sense. And, Halo, mm-hmm. I think Halo didn't rise with the times because I remember playing Halo at the beginning and that was the, the first console FPS I ever played, I think. Or no, I played some on PlayStation 1, but it wasn't as good. It was the first good console FPS game I ever played. And then, I don't know, it just felt like they just kind of stayed in place. And like up to Halo, I remember when Halo 3 came out, there was this huge hype on the 360 and it was, felt like more of like a Halo 2.5 and stuff yeah. like that. And 
I I still played them for the story though. I always beat the campaign. I just didn't really stick around much for the multiplayer after two. Um, but then, yeah, I, I kind of got into Call of Duty around the Xbox 360 days. Back when they were still doing like History Channel stuff, like between right. the missions, they would play like these cool videos and stuff. I used to get hyped for that, man. It was cool watching. Yeah, like, when they were covering like actual historic yeah, events. It was amazing because that was the original Call yeah. of Duties. Like they were very, and then all of a sudden yep. they went off America, fuck yeah, in like Modern Warfare because they were like, we're running and out then of they wars went to, to space. cover. Yeah, oh God. Yeah. It was it was wild. What was that? Infinite Warfare was that the one in space? I think so. That was a weird campaign too because you had those space, like you had the missions where you were actually flying around shooting. It was a weird. That was a weird game. Then Kevin, Kevin Spacey, Spacey in that. Yeah, one? I was gonna say his dead yeah. eyes looking at you the whole time. Like it was when the the motion capture wasn't completely great because he was like the bad guy or whatever. Yeah, yeah, he was the dickhead in that. Which it's funny because that's yeah. revelation. Yeah, that was. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So shout out to everybody who Yeah, man, Call of Duty going to space is gonna be like one of those infamous moves that's just like not a good idea. No. no. Um but yeah. So so this has been your gaming minute. Right? Oh, yeah. you know, on behalf of Bruce's breakdowns and beards. Yeah, aren't we like a wrestling podcast? Or have you been talking about video games for like Variety. 20 minutes? I mean, I can talk video games all day. Yeah, I don't know if anybody else I could too. Do. No, I'm no. totally fine if we have like a total, if we have a detour to like gaming every once in a while. Hell I'm yeah. totally cool with yeah, it. We, this is the gaming episode. Gaming a minute. <laughs> Man. Oh, God. What else for is For sure, because like outside of Bound for Glory and Hell in a Cell tonight, there's not, there's still not a whole lot of wrestling going on. No, it's still being quiet. Yeah. Super quiet. Other than, you know, the random, like, underground indie show happening here and there. Yeah. That all of a sudden you just find out people are wrestling at. But that's kind of been the nature of the beast during a pandemic, I suppose. I'll capture I'll get the notifications from IWTV that shows are running. And I'm like, at, like, midnight. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? (laughs) Like, is this live? (laughs) So, um... or you'll get the just added from a pay-per-view that happened in, like, 2004. Right. <laughs> that, that IWA just put out or something. And Eric like, Stevens debuts. Okay. What? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'll definitely take this opportunity to give a shout-out to, to Ben Miller, who was a guest on our show yeah. uh, for our last episode. Um, whoop, whoop. A lot of fun having him on. I, I think that's going to be the tone going forward for a little bit is trying to get some guests on here just to kind of uh, – just BS and talk about their experiences and such as, you know, to kind of fill up time before hopefully we start getting some live events here mm-hmm. uh, locally. I, I don't, I don't expect that before the end of the year. I figure 2021. Yeah. 2020 is a wash case. So that's our hope is to just start getting some guests on here and, and, and filling up the time that way. So you, unfortunately you got, you got to put a couple episodes in before people are like, are you worth my time? And, mm-hmm. You know, that's the, now we've done we've done the work. So done, yeah, there, so Cody Rhodes will be a guest on the show because we did the work. He, so. you know, he owes me a damn interview. Oh I'm yeah, that's true. That story on here. That's I no, um, that's a legit thing. We had this from yeah, sarcasm. Legit so <laughs> we'll tell Dallas this story. Um, so before, oh god, what was it? It was before All In. It was yeah. the summer before All In when Kevin and I had uh, under our previous name, Divas Dropkicks and Dives. Uh, had announced that we were going to be attending StarCast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ring of Honor was down in Dallas for, uh, oh, shit, which event was that? 
Was it was it the, the same event that I saw them at? Because it was the War of the Worlds, where it was them versus New Japan Pro Wrestling. No, no, yeah, that that was the one you went to in Chicago. Yeah, and it was, uh, was state of the art. I don't know. It was it was one of their their themed events uh, that was going on that weekend. In uh, I think the the night before they'd been in San Antonio or something, and this, this mm-hmm. night they were in Dallas. Um, so if you've been to a Ring of Honor show, you know they do the, the little meet and greet uh, stuff before the show. Mm-hmm. And Cody was one of the people there. So uh, my wife and I went. We were wearing our StarCast gear, and, and we wait, waited in line to meet him. And uh, we met him and Bernard the Business Bear. That was that was about the time that, yeah. that whole gimmick was running around. And uh, so it was, really, it was a really cool moment talking to Cody because he was, you know, he was, he was in character right off the bat. This was still the, the Bleach Blonde uh, the Bullet Club. Everything was going on at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a little bit in character, and he's, he saw our shirts. He's like, oh, you guys, you know, you're going to be going to StarCast. Huh? I was like, oh, no, sir, it's, it's better than that. And I showed him our little uh, logo that, that StarCast had made for us, showing that we were on Podcast Row. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, you're going to be attendance. And, like, immediately he, like, went into, like, business mode. It was really cool yeah. just to watch him go <laughs> out of character and, and just turn into, like, regular business Cody. Um, but we started talking about he, you know, he was asking how our experience was with that so far because they weren't really a part of that. That was Conrad Thompson and and his crew running Starcast. Um, but you know, it was just cool kind of talking to him about you know getting just our process with that and and uh, everything. And um, you know, we we're talking about the, the interviews and stuff. And and we get we take the picture and we get done. And he says, you know. Um, he said, well, if you get in touch with Conrad's people, I'll have him get, I'll have them get in touch with our people and we'll see if we can get a member of my crew on your show. And that was like May, I think it was May about that time. So Mm -hmm. like I was hyped, but I also knew like, I don't have any, he didn't give me like an email address or anything anybody (laughs) to talk to or whatever. Have your people call my people. Right. That was what I was kind of hoping for. Uh, so, I, you know, I did what Cody asked and I, I reached out to the, the StarCast team like, hey, I sent them a picture of us with Cody and everything. <laughs> like like, a hey, certificate of authenticity. Th- right. That was my thought. Because I'm sure they were like, they weren't going to believe any shit I had to say unless I had a picture. And that's part of the reason <laughs> why smart. I always get pictures taken with, with people. Picture. It's like, I was here. <laughs> um, yeah, it, nothing ever came out of it, unfortunately. But it was it was just really cool to kind of bullshit with Cody for five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, just it's kind of and, funny, and it was just neat to see. And like he got done with me, and then just kind of went right back into character, click back was, in. <laughs> you know, yeah. But it was just it was really neat to have that few minutes where we were just interacting, like just talking business stuff. That was yeah. that was really cool. So, uh, yeah. Hopefully, someday just talking shop. You know, right? <laughs> talking shop, not shop shop. We're just talking shop. Talking shop. <laughs> oh, so yes, yeah, so hopefully someday we will have Cody on here. Or a member of his team on here. That's, amazing. Like he's still he's, an open invitation as far as I'm concerned. Hey, we could bring him on for I'd a love video to game get chat. Some insider perspective on uh, right? the inner workings of AEW. Yeah, right? Yeah, there you go. Because um, especially if you listen to certain people with certain podcasts, boy, sounds <laughs> maybe some people who have a cult, as they call their following a cult, maybe. Oh. Uh, nudge, <laughs> nudge. Then yeah, maybe like they sure do love 
wondering and pondering and explaining the inner workings of AEW, although having no actual uh, experience witnessing the interior workings of AEW. So that's a real corny way to get to your point. To hear from somebody who actually is on the inside of AEW. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is a real corny way of getting to your point. <laughs> see what we have that delay, and I feel bad because, like, you're, it takes it's like a Joker name. So the audio listeners you. can be like, "Yeah, he said it twice. Good, good job. <laughs> Slow clap. Slow clap." <laughs> oh, it has man. to hit. Hey, sometimes, sometimes, yeah, sometimes it takes a second time. <laughs> Got you. Got to just let the let the sometimes joke. Sometimes you throw that left jab, and it's just a glancing blow. But the second time you land it, clean flesh right on the jaw. Boom, big knockout blow. Everybody's popping and cheering. The first one, though, didn't land quite right. So it slid off the sweat. Try and try again. Persistence, dedication, hard work, determination, guts, fearlessness, ferocity. You're going to rip your shirt? Captain Planet. (laughs) Oh, Captain Planet. (laughs) Speaking of knockout, did you guys see that... uh... That UFC fight. This was probably a week or so ago. The guy that won with the the, the Jeff Hardy like like backwards heel kick. Oh, the guy who super like kicked party somebody like in not a UFC? super kick, but like the guy was holding his leg, so he like spun his back around and and whipped his other foot oh. and like cut the guy. Oh the yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that the was guy who one. he threw yeah. the first kick and it got blocked. Said he was holding his foot, so yeah. he just. Jumped up with the other leg and just <laughs> yeah just did the Jeff off. Hardy move. Yep. So, oh. M- MMA has come. Oh, full circle I know what I know what move you're talking about now. That's yeah. a different. I think that's a bit of a. I think Hardy does it in a different way. Well, yeah, but, but I mean, I know, yeah, I know enough. why you draw that because at first I was like, because at first I was thinking somebody used a Jeff Hardy move in an actual fight, <laughs> swat like, on off of the top of the cage. People? Yeah, like come on, <laughs> man. I would watch a lot more MMA if they were doing swantons off the top of the aisle. But yeah, I was like, I, I like, I was like, Jeff Hardy doesn't do anything like that. And then I thought about it, and I was like, Oh, the holding the foot. I know what move you're talking about now. Yeah, there's there's a difference in like the rotation, but I know why you I know why you drew that comparison mentally. Now <laughs> it, it makes sense. Yeah, it might not for other people, but I'm glad I caught it. So somebody will find it. Yeah. Yeah. They they just, they just did like yesterday. I think it was last night. They had uh, Khabib. He was in the main event and then he won his fight and then announced he was retiring or whatever. He's like, you know, he was like 29 and Oh, wow. Champion. Probably one of the best of all time. him. hats off to him on a, he's also a, like phenomenal wrestler like uh just take you down and maul you and wear you out and tear you apart you think so, he's gonna go the route of wwe yeah, then good or for something him. like that you think that'll be his i don't next? think i don't think he would do that but yeah i mean he's retired now well, i mean you can do whatever he wants him. oh yeah that dude's freaking he's loaded he's good Drop his, get his hip hop career going. Get it started. Get his Twitch career going. Somebody, oh hell yeah! Get <laughs> Everyone his. just jump on Twitch. <laughs> hey, Eric Stevens is getting his Twitch career going. I saw that. He's 
Yeah, I think he I see tweeted the other day that he's getting a Twitch now too, so yeah, everybody's he, getting on Twitch now. Everybody. I mean, in this day and age, this is your way of entertaining and making like tips or money. I mean, you got to do it, you know, and it's a way of interacting with your fans and your community. It's, you know, building a brand. You know, like it took me years. I started I started streaming in like 2013. And it took me, I mean, I'm I've been slack at it, Oof. but I mean, it took me a few years, but I mean, I it's it's fun and it's worth it. Sometimes you'll get like twenty people in the room and it'll be insane. Sometimes you'll have like three and it'll be still fun. <laughs> I was gonna say insane. No, it doesn't get insane. But it's still fun to do. Yeah, it. dude, insane with three people. It can get hey, you get the right three Again. people talking. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, but, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, and it's just it's a fun blow off going back to Twitch. But I mean, yeah, Eric Stevens, I, I would love to watch his Twitches. He said he was gonna do something around he was going to do his baking stuff, and then he was also going was, to do like him watching his old matches and stuff, and like commenting. I was going to say, that. dude's making some like badass cookie money. So God, those cookies yeah, look delicious, that, but like heart attack inducing. Yeah, <laughs> those. Yeah, I've I haven't had one, but I've like you know been on shows with people that have, and they were like, dude, it'll change your life. <laughs> those things they change the game, man. Those monster cookies, yeah. Like, they're insane. He like cuts them into like half, but they're like a softball size. It looks like. Pretty much. Like, I know. It, yeah, they're like the huge. size of a. You can just see the density, and I'm like my arteries. But oh yeah. my god, it's so uh, it's so worth it. it looks so good. <laughs> it's the way to go out, man. Absolutely, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, he uh, he talked about wanting to watch some of his old matches, and I was like, why have I not thought of that yet? Like, yeah, I was going to mention watch that some to of the old Journey shows. I'm for sure. sure. I mean, Walter was doing probably it. Set something like, I'll probably set something like that. English. I'll probably set up uh, something like that where we'll do like a watch along of one of the old uh, one of the Journey shows. That would be cool. Even have like a few of your uh, a few of your buds on there that like they could provide commentary with you guys or with you. Like their oh, insights. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that that'll attract. I mean, Twitch, I, Twitch is awesome for that stuff. And that's certainly my hope once we get into, like, the KCPN studios is to have people over and do, like, stuff like that. I think that'd be really awesome. Mm-hmm. Watch a lot. Oh, yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, think about it. Like, once we go back to normal, we could all we don't have to socially distance as much. Just cram a bunch of people on a couch. Probably won't even do it anyway because now we've changed. But, yeah, having a I bunch know. of people in a room just, like, <laughs> like, one of the last things we all got to do when we hung out was watch the Royal Rumble together. And that was a blast. You know, like I, I would Jesus, like that was this year, wasn't it? Yeah, that was before the <laughs> pandemic. I know it feels like so long ago, but like I like events like that where, yeah, the, the, the couch watch along, just have people there and just like talking shit, you know, coming and going, having fun. It was really good. I, I, I would like to revisit that. So if we get that studio back up and running, yeah, that's something I would definitely like to do in the future. It'll make me watch a WWE pay-per-view again. <laughs> yeah, that's about the only way I'll watch one at this point. And hey, man, like. Uh, I feel bad not, you know, be it like, cause I've had conversations with guys that are like, Oh, I don't watch wrestling anymore. And it's like, what, who the, what, what, how can you be in this business and not like watch the product or whatever? But right. like, cause you know, you have to keep up and you yeah. have to know what's current and you, you know, there's still even like, I know everybody. The the thing right now is bashing WWE, but WWE has like some of the best workers in the world. Mm-hmm. So do. like they still have great matches, and it's all and like for me is for me. Like the biggest thing is how much of a shame it is that like 
you know, even when there are great matches on these shows, there's like, you know, people just like aren't interested because they don't want to put up with everything else mm-hmm. in terms of like WWE and their presentation and their style and, you know, whatever else. Cause like, um, I went back and watched O'Reilly and Balor again after we had uh, Miller on the pod last week. And I was like, my God, you know, like this is such a good match, but it's like, nobody's talking about it because nobody's watching WWE anymore. And it's like, I don't know what it is. I think with everything that's gone on this year, everybody, I think every, most people at least have kind of just needed like a break mm-hmm. for well, whatever reason, you know, there's... like it's for, like, and you know, everybody has their own reasons, but like everybody's just kind of like, man, they kind of need a break from this or they find something else that draws their attention or their energy, you know, more than consuming wrestling. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm not saying that these people just don't watch wrestling anymore. It's just there's more wrestling to watch now than there right. has been probably right. ever. The, yeah. I mean, so I, I can about, speak for me. You know, kind of picking and choosing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I can speak for me and say, you know, it's it's hard for me to watch it because in the last couple of years, having embraced independent wrestling, there's such a, for me, the live event is such an emotional, personal thing that watching it on TV is just kind of, it's like, I don't know. It's 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 like it's it's like your neighbor across the street having a party or something that you're not invited to. Like you can you can hear Thank the you. fun they're having, you can kind of see the fun they're having, but you don't get to partake in it. So it's like, why do I even want to subject myself to that when it's it's I know there's better, I know there's more fun. Um the other part of that is is with, especially with WWE, so much of their you know, they, they always talk about, like, the WWE style, which I get. They have to wrestle a little differently because they're wrestling so much more frequently. Um, but that kind, that style of wrestling kind of get exposed when you take the audience away and you take away all the kind of the flash and the, the production and stuff. And it, it, so that all that you have is that. I think that's why early in the pandemic, WWE was really, really bad because just that style of wrestling didn't work in front of an empty audience because frankly their to their uh announced team is they're taught those those guys are taught to like promote products and you know all sorts of stuff they're they're like salesmen and it just they're not they're not telling you the story of what's happening in the ring they're trying to there's somebody in their ear to pushing us them to say certain phrases and certain you know, bullet points and yeah, stuff. Like, I think it's boss a lot, time. Of, part of, it. a lot of the, yeah. yeah, I think a lot of the, a lot of the reason, um, the WWE product has like kind of gotten this, this name of like, Oh, the WWE style is because of the fact that they kind of walk everyone through what they're supposed to do. And they don't like, you know, they don't just let the talent be the talent. They don't right. just let talent be talented and do their job. They're like, oh, no, you have to, like, you know, you got to do it this way. And they kind of, like, micromanage mm-hmm. to a point. Like, you know, especially when the especially in the beginning of the pandemic around, you know, spring, nobody knew how to adjust to that. Nobody done it before. 
It was right. it was a totally new thing for everybody. So, you know, you're going to have situations where what worked before doesn't work now because the situation is different. You're taking away the crowd. And in doing that, you're right. Like, uh, without giving the talent more room to kind of be creative and try new things and, you know, throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks, you kind of leave a bit of, you know, you leave that opportunity for it to be kind of not exposed, but it's like, yeah, but you know, there it's, it's different and it's different because not because of their being creative and they're trying something new. It's different because they're taking away the crowd. It's not different because they're choosing to try something new. You know what I mean? It's different for the wrong reasons. I wouldn't say the wrong reasons. It's, it's different for reasons outside of, you know, uh, reaching outside the box, being creative, trying something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the, there have been a few times, uh, a number, where even WWE have tried something that stuck and that worked and that went really well. Mm-hmm. Like Roman's heel run right now has been great. It's been so, like, refreshing that that Roman Reigns sized hole that was in their product and in their roster has been filled and then some, you know, like off the top of my head, that's the first thing I think of when I'm like, well, what are some things that WWE have done well mm-hmm. this, you know, with this with this year with this pandemic season? That's one of them. Uh, like making the adjustment to the Thunderdome, I think. While admit, you know. We're not. It's not the. It's not preferable. Obviously, everybody wants there to be a live crowd. Mm-hmm. The Thunderdome was a good adjustment. It was better yeah. than some of the problems they were having with the NXT plants, you know, in the Performance Center. Mm-hmm. So there have been positive adjustments. There's just more ground to cover. But yeah. I, you know, I think that those those positive uh, those baby steps in the right direction still deserve their kind of, you know, like their kudos because at the end of the day, we all still love this and we all want it to be the best that it can be. And when it's not, it's, you know, we, we want it to be better, but it's easy to get frustrated. It's, it's harder to point out what it is you want to see change or the things that don't work for you and turn them uh, constructively and critique them in a way that offers a positive alternative or a path to getting better, a solution. So I think that, especially from like a fan base perspective, as that's where I think more energy can be directed rather than just, oh, WWE's bad. I'm going to go watch something else. Yeah. But that's just me. I'm going to get off my soapbox now. I've been talking a lot today. I apologize. <laughs> no, it's good. Uh, There's not a lot to go on, so it's, it's your show. Yeah. And I agree with you on the Roman Reigns things. Now is the best time to pull the trigger on this. Uh, it's weird that, you don't, you know, it's like you don't have the fans there to boo him, so I can see why this is the perfect time to do it. I'm just, it's funny watching this rivalry play out between him and uh, the Usos. Just because, like, out of nowhere, like, I think, I think somebody, like, one of the, the last pay-per-view they had, 
Night of Champions when I can't remember if it was Jimmy or Jay. I feel really bad. I think it was Jay Uso who's fighting Roman for the championship. And they keep he kept trying to like get him to say that he was the he was the king of the island or something like that. He's like, I am your I am your chief or something like that. Tell me I'm your chief. And it's like Yeah, they're trying to get over the tribal chief thing. Yeah. And like somebody on Twitter was like, Why are you trying to get that out? He's like, Roman, you're from fucking Sarasota, Florida. <laughs> and that just really popped when I saw that. But it's just funny because, uh, you know, just stuff like that. They do re- really well. Like, that's one of the best storylines going right now is the whole family kind of just the family rumbling here and Roman just being super heartless. And it's awesome. Like, they should have did, the- did this from the get-go because when the Shield was still around, when he got, when that one Royal Rumble where he got like 11 eliminations, he was that character. And they should have had just kept him as that like silent badass or just like, you know, the enforcer type. And they could have put a, they could have strapped a rocket ship to him, but they turned him, they tried to like, you know, turn him into what we know as Roman Reigns. Like a superhero out of him. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, I think that's what, but if they would have kept that from the get go and like, think of something like, you know, think if rock wasn't around and uh, Paul, Paul Hammond needed someone to like, just push around. Think if he would have had the shield with him from the get go, Paul Heyman and the shield, that would have been a whole different dichotomy there. I know you need Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is the architect, but having like Paul Heyman there, and then that could have been the break of the, of the shield would have been Paul Heyman, like pulling Roman away from Seth and, and Ambrose, man, I'm building up storylines here. Um, there you go. where Fantasy were you booking. in 2016, Kev? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Where was I? Fantasy booking, <laughs> brother. But either way, like, I mean, I think this is probably the most successful Roman Reigns has been so far outside of the Shield. So I'm glad that even at least in this shitty year and in this kind of like them having to kind of think on their toes, at least that's one of the best things to come out of this was the fact that we finally have a Roman Reigns that like is the badass mm-hmm. that he originally was, you know, while still being liked by the fans, you know either as a heel or yeah. as a face for sure. Cause as like, as a, it, it's so different. Like as a wrestler, I kind of watch wrestling differently now than I did. Like I can still watch wrestling as a fan, but it's, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I, I know things now that I obviously didn't before I, you know, got in the business and started training. So it's like, it's like a, a new perspective, a perspective that I, I can't shake. Um, but I can also kind of like, it's, it's really cool for me when, um, I'm watching something that I can like, that immerses me and takes me out of that lens, so to speak. And I can just be entertained by it and I can just view it as a fan and have fun and enjoy it and like be entertained and, Oddly enough, what does that for me now more than anything, I think, is when I'm seeing like when I can when I can feel the authenticity coming through the screen. Like it, 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 it's a you know, one weird moment in a match where like somebody does something. I'm not even talking about a move or they just did this spot or whatever, or like match structure. I'm not talking about any of that. That stuff I'll look for as a wrestler when I'm trying to, like, you know, study a match, um, which is, you know, the different, you have to go through a different method of watching a match in order to study it. But 
when I'm, you know, when if somebody does something like when they're firing up for a comeback and they they just do something like I I know it's been gift out, you know, a ton now. But when Montez Ford started doing like the rope shape thing, like yeah. Warrior, and he was just, you know, when he like I think the reason people like watching him and the Street Profits is because when they're doing like that kind of like crazy out there wacky sometimes wacky or sometimes goofy stuff mm-hmm. it feels authentic it feels like yeah, it's that's, genuine. That's, you know that's that's really them that's genuine that's they're not told to do that and it just it for whatever reason that stuff comes across through a screen or live really well and mm-hmm. it hits you different so like you know roman's promos when he was when he's sitting there just like you know kind of rubbing his fist or whatever with the belt and Heyman behind him over his shoulder. And he's talking kind of soft and kind of cold. And he's not like being, he's not saying suffering succotash or whatever. Exactly. Like that, that translated to me, it hit different. And I was like, yeah, I was like, this is cool. And then like, you know, seeing him ditch the bulletproof vest mm-hmm. and kind of just, um, I don't know if it's a production technique that they've changed, but hearing the wrestlers talking to each other, the dialogue that they have in, in their matches mm-hmm. where Roman says things to Uso, like you should have just said it, you know, should have just, yeah. let, it's yeah. my seat at the head of the table. Like you're, now <laughs> I got to so make weird. you quit. Like saying that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. like that. It, it, it adds a layer of immersiveness and like kind of, suspends your disbelief so like seeing stuff like that eddie kingston's promos oh fire i mean don't get me wrong everybody knows now that eddie kingston's like one of the best promos out there but kingston's promos are always even if i'm just watching the promo the one or two minute promo like that's a great time for me Mm -hmm. because like eddie kingston can deliver it like in a way that makes you believe it that's that's genuinely how he thinks or how he feels mm-hmm. and it comes across in a way that you know hits you different and it really brings you in and immerses you and you're like man this is you know this is serious this is for real yeah like stuff like that the little things like that are kind of what get me into like that fan mode of like viewing this and like hell yeah this is a good time i'm being entertained and i'm having fun and all that kind of stuff then that Eddie Kingston. Okay. I mean, you were there obviously. So I've been worked by him multiple times because like he was, he performed at NWL a couple <laughs> times, but the second time he performed there, he had a championship match against Jeremy Wyatt and the foundation yep. came out, I think, or something screwy happened and he lost. But Strider. after the match, what was it? Striker, right? Yeah. And after Strider. the match, though, like, so the, the show is going on, you know, they're fi- this is recorded for television and all that. But as is going on, either Eddie Kingston was cutting a promo or it sounded like he was yelling at Matt Jackson behind the curtain. And it was so loud that everyone in the audience heard it. And he was dropping F-bombs, doing all this shit to where Walter, I, Peyton, everybody in the crowd's like, Yo, Eddie's pissed. Did this not go right? Yep. Like, it seemed like something was because even like it sounded like he completely broke character. He was talking about like booking or something like that. And I was like, this is this is scary as fuck. And then we ran into him at the bar later that night. And it was nothing, you know, like 
like the way he cuts promos and stuff scares the shit out of you because it makes you think it's real. Like the dude is a master of his craft. Yeah, so I have a story about that. Yeah, I want to hear it because so, I was confused. I was a staff worker. <laughs> I was just, I was doing staff, you know. Um I would do staff at all the TV tapings for NWL and uh they wanted us to like you know, break it up and kind of Eddie was going to be pissed and, you know, just, you know, make sure he gets to the back or whatever. I'd done that a couple times before, you know, if we had to do like a pull apart or whatever, I've done plenty of those. So mm-hmm. I was like, all right, cool. And normally the camera doesn't follow you through the curtain and into the back <laughs> because the camera has to stay out there for the next segment. But that was the main event. So like, they didn't really have anything else. And I didn't know. I mean, like, you kind of figure title match, main event, Michael Strider comes out and screws Eddie out of the title. They're going to, you know, they're going to set up Michael Strider versus Eddie Kingston. Mm-hmm. I thought they were just going to go shoot promos to do that. Like, you know, that's kind of, you're, as a staff worker, I was kind of conditioned. To yeah. Like, okay, <laughs> this is how, this is how these angles work. And this is how they, you know, progress their storylines and stuff. Mm-hmm. Very seldom had they done it this way, where we're walking Eddie to the back or whatever. He gets back there, and at the time, Jackson was kind of like the heel authority figure. Mm-hmm. And he was in cahoots with the Foundation and the Howlets. Uh, you know, he had this heel team going on. Yeah. So Jackson is back there by the production table behind the curtain at gorilla so as soon as eddie gets back there he starts ripping into jackson and starts yelling at him and just going off and we're all like whoa like hey dude like you know we're still kind of like hey man chill out Mm -hmm. and then there was this one staff guy who like everything kind of went you know over his head yeah and he was kind of oblivious to everything and didn't kind of didn't pick up on the vibe or Ugh. most, you know, um, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. He was just different. <laughs> yeah. So he kind of like starts trying to guide Eddie out the door oh. and like puts his hands on him. Eddie shoves this dude off of him, like almost through the door <laughs> and starts, starts yelling at this staff dude. And like, don't you, don't you fucking touch me. Like, keep your heads off of me if you know what's good for you. That's and what I he heard. Looks at us. Then he looks at us and he goes, all you motherfuckers, stay back. And then like, he looks me dead in the eye for like, maybe a brief second or whatever. He's like, don't you touch me. And I, I was, I shuddered. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, camera was right behind me. So I, I wasn't in frame. It was like behind me or like over my shoulder or whatever. So I was just standing there like. Oh God! <laughs> you know? Oh man! I was like, "Why?" And like, I kind of picked up on it as it was happening, mm-hmm. but I still was in that. Oh my God! Like that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> like, like he, you know, he was bringing it. Yeah. So like, he, you know, I don't. I guess hindsight that kind that that experience kind of taught me like. Always got to be ready. The camera's yeah. always rolling. You exactly. Know? Like you can't, don't, don't, you know, don't break until you know, and all that kind of stuff. 
And I was like, man, he had me. You know, I was, you know, we were quote unquote in on it. And he had me thinking, holy shit, he's going to beat my ass. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, just like, don't mess with this dude. Don't get in his face. Don't, you know. And I think part of that is just because he's so believable. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're like, and I, I, you know, if, if I was trying to per, uh, convey to somebody that I'm this hard ass who is unpredictable and I'm going to beat your fucking ass and you know, all this, like nobody's going to buy that because that's just not the vibe I put out. I don't come across that way. Mm-hmm. So like, when I kind of shifted and started focusing more on just like, you know, being the hair metal heartthrob and having a good time and still kicking ass when it was ass kicking time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when ass kicking time's over, it's like, all right, back to having fun, back to the party. It's like the, you know, it started coming across different and it started, you know, reaching and connecting to people more. Mm -hmm. So like big scale and small scale, when you can like, I don't know, identify what it is you kind of put out, how it is you're perceived or how you come across to an audience and start really honing in on that and making that your entire presentation and your entire delivery. That's when the believability starts coming through and that's when people start kind of buying in and the suspension of disbelief mm-hmm. gets added. So like, and Eddie's a master of that, man. Dude, it was, like I said, from a fan's perspective, it scared the shit out of me. Cause, and, okay, so from what I see it in mind, we, you're right, it was the main event, everything ends, you guys, I see you guys backstage, Captain gets up on stage, which he's not even the Captain yet, he's just Midnight Gun 3 at this point, it was a different gimmick, same, same old Captain though, really, um, but he gets up in there and, you know, and just, thanks everyone for having it, you know, come back in two weeks, you know, we're going to have the same event, you know, and blah, 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 just doing his thing. But that's when we heard it over that. So everyone's getting ready to leave already. So that's why nobody was like, nobody like was, everyone was fooled. And that that's what scared the shit out of me. I was like, Oh my God, it is not. Because they then took that and then they put that out on like their YouTube page and stuff like that. And it was fantastic. Like, yep. You know that was either a uh, it was an, so either a Kingston idea or an Eddie, or, uh, or a Jackson idea because that was some next level shit for it, NWL. It had to have been either Jackson or Chris Goff who came up with that because when you can when you can have fans believing that they're seeing something like the, you're literally and metaphorically pulling the curtain back mm-hmm. and you know giving them that like oh they're seeing something that they aren't supposed to see yeah and you kind of give them that impression that again suspension of disbelief it adds that believability to it it kind of gives you that oh shit you know this wasn't supposed to happen or we weren't supposed to see this mm-hmm. and that you know that adds that intrigue that interest and you believe it a little bit more it's a lot it's for whatever reason it's easier to suspend your disbelief there mm-hmm. but man yeah that was that was a good time if you guys look on that, youtube you might be able me. to find it i was in on it and i was like <laughs> oh god <laughs> yeah I, I had to I had to imagine that was just intense to get through. But yeah, if you guys at home want to listen to it or see it, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. Just look up NWL Eddie Kingston or NWL uh, just like Jeremy Wyatt versus Eddie Kingston. The, there's footage. There's NWL footage on YouTube still. It's yeah. still out there. They so, closed it up yeah. at first look when up NWL. Shut down. There's tons of matches yeah. on there. 
tons of great promos, tons of great matches. And I, it's all unbelievable. It's, it's good matches. stuff. Still one of my favorites is the Chicago street fight between the foundation, which was a steel and Michael Strider versus the besties Ooh. in the world. I've never seen that anyone get so good. They ducked like, I think it was Davey. He, Either it was Davey or it was... Uh... He duct taped a brick to his knee. Yeah! Because that was their finisher, was like the brain destroyer. It and, was insane. And like Fitchett would do the kick. He did the running knee, and then Fitchett would drop him on... And he, and he dropped him on the brick on his knee. And yeah. I was like, that's like one of the best finishers I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> to see that live and was just I have Oh, my God. You keep bringing up these NWL matches, I was hung I over. a story for everyone you bring that. up. Yeah, we'll have an NWL so, episode. Oh yeah, dude, because it was like such a good build, such a long build, and yeah. so good payoff. Oh gosh, I have to tell this. So I'm doing the staff thing again. I'm in the corner. I'm bracing the guardrails because you know we don't want we don't want shit to get too. We want to keep it contained, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm inside the guardrail. <laughs> I'm in the corner, kind of, and um. Ace and Art, Ace Steel and uh, Michael Strider against the besties in the world, Fitchett and Vega. And uh, it was a street fight. It was for the tag titles. It was his big blow off. Ace was already bleeding. Fitchett was bleeding. I think they'd already done the thing with the ladder. Mm-hmm. So Ace is on the outside. Strider and Fitchett are in the ring. Um, Ace starts crawling towards me in the corner. Vega gets in there. Um, they're doing. They're doing. I don't know what they're doing. I think. Uh, I think I'd already been hit or something. Okay. So I was kind of like on the floor. So Ace starts grabbing me and stuff, and he starts like digging his elbow into my thigh as he's crawling past me and stuff. And he's like grabbing me, and I'm like, oh, God, Ace, what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like trying to still like play like, oh, I got hit with something or whatever. Um. <laughs> But Ace is fucking with me. Ace is, like, messing with me. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? And then out of nowhere, he starts grabbing me and, like, trying to pick me up. And I'm like, Jesus, what is he doing? And I'm still kind of like, I have my head down. So out of nowhere, all of a sudden, I'm, like, almost standing up. And so is Ace. And then I feel something come down on us. And I look over, and there's Fitchett playing by Ace on the floor. And you probably saw this better than I did, Kevin, because my I didn't I didn't see this. He picked me up to help him catch Fitchett diving on both of us from the top rope. Oh my god! And I didn't even see it. I don't remember it, but I have to revisit <laughs> that. That's insane. That, yeah, that's ace Fitchett for you, though. Dove man. on both of us from the outside, and I was just like, "Oh, I guess I caught Fitchett, and I didn't even know it." <laughs> Oh man, yeah. hell of a match! Once again, you can find all that stuff. We we should do like a watch along for maybe some of those matches, maybe sometime. That's an idea. I could use it because there's I never there's so much of that I didn't get to see because I was in Dallas at the time. So it was I, good I, quality for what it was. Worth. I know. I'm so God. It, it makes me so mad. It was amazing. Yeah. For for an unknown show out of Kansas City, it really made an impact. And right? had it stayed around two three more months, it would have been around today. But that's that's a story here nor there. Yeah. Well, that's it. I think we should wrap up now. It's about that time. I do. Yeah, I think we we gotta get ready for a, a Chiefs Broncos game. It's about oh yeah. Um, Chiefs by one hundred. That's by the 100. hope. That's the hope. It's a snow game. Patrick Mahomes loves snow games. Nice. Um, oh, so it know, did snow. 
In Denver, it did, yeah. Yeah, it's, oh it's, they've, boy, they've shown pictures. It's, this will it's, be good, a, like a good heavy flurry. Well, yeah. So, um, you know, before we get out of here, I'll, I'll give kind of everybody a quick update on me. Uh, hopefully, I sounded better this episode. Uh, I think my my speech has kind of improved quite a bit. So, probably yeah. another uh, week or two, and then I'll I'll let the camera turn back on me again. It's 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 not as pronounced as it was before, um, and I'm able to open my mouth a lot better. So. Uh, on the men, that's that's. I'm really glad. Uh, I feel a lot better uh, mentally about it, and I'm not as as hung up on it as I was a couple of weeks ago. Good. I know that first episode, I sounded really bad, but I felt really, I felt worse than I sounded. So, um, you know, thanks everybody for their questions and their support. I appreciate it. Um, so I'm should be right as rain here pretty soon, which is good because now I feel more confident about. You know, run a more and and I have to thank Ben Miller for part of that because I I wasn't sure how I was going to be able to do that interview last week and it turned out better than I imagined and and in every facet of it I think so yeah. uh, hopefully we'll get some more interviews going forward and hell yeah and, uh, hell yes get this get this podcast like really up and running so hell yeah um, Michael Reed beats the shit out of Bell's Paul right <laughs> jobs <laughs> it out he no sells it. <laughs> That was yeah. That's took a shot to the face, and I'm still Those here. Paul's he's doing the job tonight, fellas. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Hel- so, Helen Helena Selzy. No, that's not very good. Helena Selzy. Helena Selzy. Helena Selzy. Helena Selzy. I tried to take it somewhere, and I was no good. It was yeah. Shotsky Blackheart. That's. I'm laughing. I'm laughing more at the fact that you tried than the joke itself. <laughs> you know, it's, you gotta have a sense of humor with this. It's, it's the only way you can get through it. So, <laughs> good on oh, you, man. good on you, Mike. I appreciate it, uh, fellas. You got anything you want to throw out there before we get out? Make you know, Dallas. Make sure you pimp out your uh, your Twitch address again, so everybody can come. Yeah, in. I guess I'll pimp it out one more. Uh, <laughs> Please do Twitch TV slash Dallas Cade. Follow him. Give it a everybody. follow. We're trying to reach affiliate, and then. Off to the races from there, Daddy O. <laughs> Just keep it up, man. Keep the consistency of streaming. You'll get to affiliate, dude. It'll be great. Oh yeah, cool. I got nothing. Just be good to each other. Watch more wrestling. Peace, love, rock and roll. Yeah. Mike, I have my wife just came back with a good one. Hell's palsy in a cell. Hell's. So I, should, I should have said. <laughs> <laughs> hosted by ACDC kind of. there you Get go you see, you see they put out a new album again Just random who yeah what? ACDC who? put out a new album why with Brian That's Johnson I, I don't know <laughs> Kevin's, Kevin's immediate reaction is why yeah, really <laughs> I mean they lost like I, I, I one of the guys died like recently and then Brian Johnson went like deaf and then so yeah, they had yeah, Axl you know Rose why? like tour with them Nirvana put out a new song like 20 years after Kurt Cobain died. So, like, in, in music, you're oh, never dead. That's funny. It wasn't 20 I mean, years. All right. <laughs> Tupac's like, got, like, a new album coming out later this year. That's true. Me? Tupac is still dropping albums. Man. Tupac had that shit lined up. Right? So, as you can tell, folks, we don't know how to end a podcast properly. It just it goes off the rails really fast. <laughs> so, all right. Um, yeah, so... You know, and if you have any questions for us, any feedback you want to throw our way, hit us up on our social medias. You know, you, of course, we're 
<clears throat> most often on Twitter at three B Wrestling Pod. Uh, we've also got Facebook and Instagram at three B Wrestling Pod. Uh, if you feel compelled to email us a question, uh, you can hit us up at three B Wrestling Podcast at gmail dot com. Um, just send shit our way. Like, I mean, as you can tell, we we have time to fill. So uh, <laughs> send them, send them, send us anything. We'll take it. If you need Absolutely. cooking recipes or or any, I don't know, I, just anything. Just what? We're bored. Can you tell we're bored? <laughs> no, just let us know. There's no wrestling better. on. Yeah. Just, just send us questions. <laughs> Please. Fucking do it. <laughs> I'm you gotta wrap this up. Yeah, we gotta get out of here. Um, our... <laughs> Hit him with it, Mike. I know. I'm getting there. <laughs> All, right. All right, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us. Um, I. Shit, I dropped, I did stuck the landing again. Um, <laughs> ah, yeah, I need you to edit this part out. Oh, wait, we do this shit like on up. video now. There's no editing out. There's no, there's um, no editing, pal. This is live, pal. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> what was that that said vicious? Oh, uh, no, let's just start again. Let's let's start start again. again. <laughs> this is live, pal. This is live, pal. We're live, pal. <laughs> All right, folks, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us. Uh, we will see you again next week. And later, nerds. Yeah! Nissan believes you deserve a car that thrills you. So we have to ask, does your car thrill you? When you hit the pedal, do you get something back? A chill in your spine, goosebumps on your goosebumps. When you take off, do your fingers tighten around the steering wheel? Does your heart beat in your stomach and your breath catch in your chest? Does driving make you feel alive? Because it should. And if your car doesn't thrill you, ours will. This is the new Nissan. Nissan believes you deserve a car that thrills you. So we have to ask, does your car thrill you? When you hit the pedal, do you get something back? A chill in your spine, goosebumps on your goosebumps. When you take off, do your fingers tighten around the steering wheel? Does your heart beat in your stomach and your breath catch in your chest? Does driving make you feel alive? Because it should. And if your car doesn't thrill you, ours will. This is the new Nissan.